This episode of What's the Story podcast is brought to you by Manscaped, the best in men's below-the-waist grooming, trusted by over 2 million men worldwide, including yours truly and my immaculately groomed co-host, Graham Merrow Merrigan. Now, if you're in the market for some beautiful town halls, we have an exclusive offer just for our listeners. 20% off and free shipping when you go to manscaped.com and use the code WTSPOD at checkout. And that's available worldwide. So if you're in Ireland, the UK, the US, Europe, Canada, Australia, doesn't matter. Use WTSPOD at checkout. You'll get that discount and that free shipping. Now, we've been banging on about Manscaped for a good while on this podcast. So I'm going to assume a lot of you out there are already using the good old Lawnmower 3.0. Their third generation trimmer that features a cutting edge ceramic blade to reduce those grooming accidents like nicks and tugs and scratches and all the things you get with lesser blades. I'm going to assume you're already benefiting from that advanced skin safe technology that Manscaped have. I'm also going to assume that your nasal hair and ear hair are completely under control. That they get regular trimmages thanks to the weed whacker. I'm going to make that assumption. What I'm here today to tell you about, lads, is Manscaped's brand new peak hygiene plan. It's a, it's just it's a cracking little package. That's what the ladies will say when you use the lawnmower, what? Anyway, it's a great little plan. <laughs> And it's a membership and it's a member's portal that allow you mix and match and tweak and pick and you can do all those things with all the different Manscaped products that you want and love. So rather you want some ball deodorant, rather you want some replacement blades, rather you want some foot deodorant, rather you want a bit of ball toner, rather you want an old crop mop, the old ball wipe. You can mix and match, you can pick whatever you want, you get a scent to you, straight to your door, hassle free, so that your town hall hygiene is always going to pass inspection. You want more though? You want more good news about it? I mean, they give you a free gift. Yeah, that's right. You're not just getting discount with air code. You're not just getting great balls. You're not just getting clean and fresh and looked after. You're also getting a free gift every time. Isn't that good, huh? So your replenishment pack always comes with something a little bit extra to put a smile on your face. Go to manscaped.com. Use the code WTSPOD at checkout. You get 20% off and free shipping. That's 20% off and free shipping by going to manscaped.com and using the code WTSPOD. Put Handsome on autopilot with the new Peak Hygiene Plan from Manscaped. Hello everybody and welcome to WTS 228. My name is Danny Murray. And I'm Graham Merrigan. Merrow, how are you doing? I'm good, how are you? Yeah man, I'm good, I'm good. We're recording this much later in the week than we normally do. We're recording this on a Friday evening of all times. Um, you're recording it from outside your house. Yeah, um, which is like, it's grand because like it's, it's, it's a nice day-ish. Yeah. So, um, the nicer days, the brighter evenings make for um, a, a better brain. 
Absolutely, yeah. No, it makes a difference. Like I know people kind of, you know, the jokes go around every year, the, the slagging of the, oh, he's a grand stretch in the evening type. You know what I mean? But like the grand stretch in the evening makes a difference. You know, I've yeah. noticed it now. It's uh, it's uh, bright when I get up in the morning now. You know, it's I'm not pulling the curtains before I finish working the evening. It's, all those little things make a difference, man. Yeah, absolutely. Um. Our guest this week is far more important than you or I. So rather than us waffling, we just go straight to him. Yes, let's go. Who do we have on, Danny? Who are we uh, talking? We, we are talking to the wonderful and brilliant Luke O'Neill, immunologist and uh, based out of Trinity College, Dublin. Uh, Luke has a podcast. I'll try that again. Luke has a podcast called Show Me the Science on News Talk, which you can check out as well. And his brilliant book, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Science, came out late last year. Well worth picking up a copy. Uh, Luke came on and he had a chat with us and basically told us why we should all be a little bit more optimistic about getting rid of COVID once and for all. We're delighted to say that Trinity College's own, the man who is, as one person who uh, sent us a message on Instagram describing the rock star of the pandemic, Luke O'Neill has joined us. Uh, Luke, thanks for your time. A Friday evening and you're giving us time. So we really, really appreciate that. No problem, Danny. Which, which rock star am I though? Am I Bruce Springsteen or am I... Uh... You know, you got to be Christy careful. Moore. Yeah. Christy Moore. Yeah. Yeah. Lockdown Harder was not the song. You know? <laughs> that's it. That's it. Um, Luke, Luke, I can't imagine what the last 12 months have been like for you. Uh, mad, to say the least. But but at the same time, is there a little bit you feel like, this is what I've trained for kind of thing? Well, exactly, Danny. Yeah, to be honest. I mean, I still have my day job, remember. I'm spending 90% of my time working in the lab here on COVID. Yeah. So. All it means is more hours in the day being taken up with things, I suppose. But uh, and uh, to be honest, it's a privilege because I do have all this knowledge, remember, and why wouldn't I share it with people? And and then we're working on COVID, so I'm up to date with the whole thing. It's, it's no effort for me to tell people because uh, every morning I'm getting updates on COVID-19. Yeah. So it's, it's it's been fine, really. But sometimes, I mean, some days are a bit more hectic. Today, I was say, was a bit hectic than other days, maybe. May, if it interferes with the lab work, obviously, then I don't like that because I feel I've been yeah. taken away from my main job but uh, but I'm balanced now I'm delighted to help and talk about it because such an important topic I mean you've never seen the like of a science topic ever have you let's face it so uh, so I'm more than happy to always talk about these things brilliant what yeah, are you and currently doing now uh, Luke in the lab yeah so what we, my area I'm an immunologist obviously as people know by people know all these things by now about me which is a striking so I work on the immune system now the immune system is your friend because it will kill infection of course when you have the virus on board but it goes out of control sometimes and then causes all these diseases. They're called inflammatory diseases. And I worked on, for example, Crohn's disease for years. I've worked on rheumatoid arthritis. In an infection, your lungs get really inflamed. And it's the same kind of thing. So my lab now has four projects trying to dampen down the damage that this virus causes. We have four ideas, basically, to try to suppress it. So we're more what's called the therapeutic end of things. Clearly, vaccines okay. stop the disease. I mean, they're the best thing because they stop the disease before it even gets started, you know. But then if you end up in hospital, we want to save people from going into severe disease. So we, we work on those aspects. So what you're working on then, would that play a part in this, the, the, the long COVID we've been hearing more about as well? Very much so, Danny, but that's the most relevant. See, the vaccine would put me out of business in a way because <laughs> that, that stops people getting sick in the first place. But the truth is, people don't, some people don't respond to the vaccine. Mm. Some still get sick with the vaccine. So there's always a role for therapies anyway, you know. But it, but outside that, absolutely, the big worry we have with COVID is this long COVID thing. And now I've worked on flu over the years. I even worked on HIV 20 odd years ago, you know. 
this happens in other diseases. People have persistent mm. symptoms that go on and on. But this one seems to be especially troublesome. I'd say as many as 20% of people have symptoms three, four or five months out. Yeah. And that's not unusual. And what we think is happening is your, your immune system fires off and it's, it does a great job, but doesn't go back to sleep as basically what's happening. It just keeps burning away. And the symptoms of long COVID are as if the infection is still there, even though it's been cleared from your body. So, so we're very keen on this. And it's well known in things like ME and chronic fatigue syndrome, that they're long COVID of sorts, you see. So one yeah. of our great hopes is we learn from COVID how to treat those situations as well, you see. And that's, that's the real promise from this, I guess. So you, you you mentioned there kind of the, the vaccine put out of business in a way. So, look, I, I, I don't know. We, myself and Meryl kind of noticed that uh, people, some people who, who, who listen to our podcast and, and some people that would follow us on Twitter and whatever, uh, I don't know if we'd go as far as to call them anti-vaxxers, but they're certainly suspicious of the vaccine, yeah. right? Uh, myself and Meryl, on the other hand, I mean, as, as Meryl said, you know, they could tell him the only way he's getting the vaccine is in his left arse cheek on the Late Late Show, and he'd be more than happy to take it. Um, <laughs> thankfully for the nation, totally be putting in your arm down where it's not your cheek. Uh, what's different about this vaccine compared to other vaccines, and what's causing confusion for people? Yeah. Well, it's understandable. I mean, we, this has been since vaccines were first discovered in 1796, by the way, because I know the history. Mm. There was anti-vaxxers and caution and worry about these things, because what you're doing is you're injecting something into someone's arm and that person isn't sick, you see. So it's a very strange thing to do in a way. So it's always understandable. Yeah. And then when you add into that, then um, the speed at which this was developed, that worries people. And that's, again, understandable. Like, how could they make this so quickly? And of course, the answer is very simple to that one. Uh, they just put loads of money behind it. It's as simple as that. And and like the American government, as you may know, had this thing called warp speed. Mm. There were billions of dollars to those companies those companies took on more people that's all that happened you know they sped the process up the best analogy i've given is um if you get someone to paint your house it'll take one guy a week it'll take a thousand guys an hour that's all that's happened here you know in fact the vaccine thing went beyond science into technology and technology often means deployment and money and all that kind of thing so so you can people can be rest assured this is not not to be worried about and, and remember of all the things we do as humans New medicines and vaccines are the most regulated thing. And there's the FDA, the EMA. They've looked at this so closely now. And of course, because you can imagine if one had gone wrong, that would have been a disaster. Mm. And not just for COVID, for other vaccines. I'm not going to vaccinate my children now. That vaccine harmed people. So, so it's a really zealous, careful thing that's happened here. So again, people shouldn't be really that concerned. Now, now how, how do you convince them? Well, there's a small minority you'll never convince. And I, I never talk to those because it's impossible. It's like t- trying to tell someone the earth is round when it's flat and you can show evidence and they say that's fake and you can't really get very far with it. The ones I want to talk to are the 20, 30 percent who are genuinely worried and hesitant and anxious. And all I can do is be transparent, show them the data. It's all about data, you know. Uh, everything's available in the public domain and just reassure them. And the final line, which you must remember, Danny, is every health agency, every doctor says use these vaccines now are they all wrong <laughs> it seems unlikely you know they, they, yeah, they, don't, yeah. they don't want to harm anybody you know and that's all you can do and if people decide not to take it that's their business it's, it's their free choice if they wish to not take a vaccine that's up to them mm. you know and with this one then so how do, how does it how does it work right so you, you get the job in your arm but what's actually going on yeah so well, the way vaccines work in general is you, you get a piece of the germ and it might be a fragment. It might be the whole germ that you've killed, actually. They're the, they're the two main options. 
into your body and then the immune system sees it. Now, that, that won't kill you because it's inactivated or it's a piece of it. Mm. You know, it's not, it won't make you sick, basically. But now the beauty of it is the immune system is trained to recognize the bad guy. And then when the real bad guy turns up, the immune system is there and can kill him on contact. There's a couple of good analogies, Danny, as well. It's, it's like the immune system goes to on boot camp in a way, you know, and now gets trained is a wonderful example. The second one is it's like wanted posters go up. <laughs> and it's a bit like that strange, is it? you know and now when the germ arrives you recognize them when you put them in jail and that's what vaccines do you know that, that's the way they work science and, uh, like that just blows my mind man yeah <laughs> yeah but it just true. blows my mind that like something goes into the body and it's telling it's basically saying piss off to the bad guy that's trying to get into your body yeah exactly it's just uh, yeah. it's just mind-blowing isn't it well, well, you're kind of, you're kind of, you're kind of exploiting your own immune system. If the bad guy is there, then he gets recognised. Of course, he does. You know, and like remember, the vast majority of people, the immune system comes out, kills this virus, and then we'll keep you protected for months ahead. So, in other words, you're kind of leveraging a natural process in a way, but not making people sick is the idea. You see, the, the best example was smallpox. That was a vicious disease. Yeah. Killed one in three people. The cowpox was like a weakened form of smallpox. They were very similar, you know. And then when the cow, when the smallpox arrived, the immune killed it without making you sick, you know. So that's the way these vaccines work. And I'm, I'm, I'm talking hundreds of years of research. They reckon the Pfizer vaccine took at least 15 years of research behind it, by the way. It didn't happen overnight. You know, all this yeah. knowledge that could be used then, you see. Well, look, it's the you know, M MR and mRNA. Is that what that's right. yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so uh, what mRNA, the, is that new technology, Luke, is it? Or what? That, in a sense, I mean, what RNA is, RNA is the recipe, basically, to make proteins in your body. We all have RNA. It's a natural thing. They took the RNA from the virus, and that RNA is the recipe to make the spike protein. So it goes into your muscle. Your muscle reads this recipe, makes the spike protein, and now your immune system recognizes the spike. And then when the real virus arrives covered in spikes, the immune system kills it because it sees that's the spike and goes and kills it. And it was new because nobody had ever tried that with a vaccine before. Uh, they were the fact the guys who developed it were in Germany. They're called, a company called BioNTech. They were going after cancer. One of our dreams is of a vaccine to stop cancer, and they were thinking about cancer. And then COVID came along. Oh, let's switch to COVID, and, and look what happened. Ninety percent efficacy. It was tremendous. Amazing. And some of the cynics about vaccines, Luke, you just brought up cancer there. Some of the cynics that I've seen um, on social media over the course of the year were kind of, especially in October, November, when the vaccine news came out, was, uh, um, there's no cure or there's no treatment like a vaccine for cancer. Um, yeah. COVID, COVID is around less than a year and now they have uh, a, a cure for, for COVID, so to speak. Are, yeah. are we are we that far off a vaccine for cancer? Not now, that's a great question. We've spent, I'd say, fifty years trying to get a vaccine for cancer. I'm not joking. It was a massive effort, and 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 it works for one cancer, um, the uh, the uh, cervical cancer. By the way, that's a vaccine. Human HPV, which mm. they give teenagers. That's a vaccine to stop cancer. So there's one or two minor examples. Our dream is a vaccine for lung cancer or breast cancer. Let's face it, right? And now with this RNA technology working for COVID, they're now immediately going to try it now in cancer and go back to what they were trying before, if you know what I mean. So they tried it before, it worked a bit. They switch into COVID, now full steam ahead for cancer. So we're very close. It's been very difficult to get a vaccine for cancer. I'll tell you why. Tumors are very complicated things. Viruses are quite simple, actually. Tumors are very cunning. They release all these chemicals to manipulate your body. They actually turn off the immune system. Because, the, see, remember, the immune system was well known to kill cancer. You know, if someone goes into remission 
for mm. cancer. And that's their immune system's waking up. So we knew if we could get that into our medicine, it'd be brilliant, you know. But it's very complicated. And that's why we haven't got one, because the complexities were so vast in a way. But now we're getting closer. And in fact, the latest drugs to treat cancer, by the way, wake up the immune system. They're called checkpoint inhibitors. And there's one that's used for lung cancer. So we're learning all the time about these things. And I'm pretty confident many of us immunologists, it's, it's actually a branch of immunology called immuno-oncology is the name for it. They're really confident, those guys now, that we're getting closer to this. You Jeez, see. that's exciting, isn't it? Yeah, it is. Yeah. <laughs> I, I predict cancer will be a treatable disease in 5, 10, 15 years because of the advances through the immune system. Unbelievable! Wow. I got very giddy there when you said that. <laughs> it's um, it's it's mad that's though, that's amazing. Like you, you in a way, Luke, have, have been and kind of, as we said at the start, like I mean, pe- people have called you the rock star of the pandemic. Kind of, you know, you've you've talked to people through science, but you've put it in a way that people understand. Absolutely. Um, but you've also kind of given people a bit of hope as well. Kind of, I think maybe was it last week you were saying that like, look, we will get back to normal. Um, or, or whatever at some point. So, like, you're confident that, you know, look, the, the vaccines will come. Yes, okay, it's not moving as quickly maybe as people want it to be. The vaccines will come. We will be COVID. We will get back to normal sometime in, in the kind of nearish future. Yeah, exactly. I mean, my, my optimism is based on science. I knew what these companies, I know everybody in the companies. Mm. Because my other life, I am an immunologist and I know all the people and all the rest of it. And I knew they were going to get there because they're using the best and brightest. All those companies, Pfizer, GSK, you know, Moderna, they put their best people on this. And I knew, hey, this is really good sign, first of all. Secondly, they were famous for making vaccines anyway. I mean, Pfizer are one of the biggest vaccine companies in the world. So I knew they're going to go for it. Now, yeah. all I worried about was when. I wasn't sure about the timing of it. I knew we'd get there eventually. And I was gobsmacked in November. Danny, when the Pfizer vaccine read out with 90% efficacy, I fell off my seat because of this is this fantastic, you know? Because yeah. in fact, Merck, a big drug company, Merck failed in their vaccine effort. It wasn't, it wasn't a slam dunk, you know? So a bit of luck came into it as well, as often happens in science. People hate to hear that, but it's true. Your idea might be wrong, you know, because you didn't read the thing properly. And so you need a bit of luck. And, and I knew we'd beat it. And, and, just, and, and now, now, mind you, having said that, we're still in the middle of it. Yeah. <laughs> cocksure just yet but but i knew we do well and then remember the other big advance which is more my end of it was the therapies and hospitals got better the death rates have halved that's yeah. great and that began in march april simple things like putting someone on their stomach that had a big effect they got the oxygen in a bit more effective into the lungs instead of ventilating them that had a big effect a drug called dexamethasone which i actually worked on it's an anti-inflammatory drug that's shown an effect so we see we saw little advances here and there and I was about I, I would see this before you guys because I'm reading it in the in the technical yeah. and my joy was to tell people and hang on this this has happened today you know and uh, me and Pat Kenny were on twice a week you know so, so I always knew we were going to beat it in a sense and my job then became kind of look to be realistic and say look there are challenges and there are still bumps on the road ahead of us we're not there yet mm. but but every the vaccine news in the last month has been spectacular it's almost as if you wrote down what you wanted and it came true kind of territory, you know? So, so again, that, that optimism is well-founded because, because of what's happening in the scientific side. Do, do you think, uh, is it too early to say, or do you think we could possibly say, look, yeah, within 12 months by, by yeah. Patrick's Day next, would we have a Patrick's Day next year, for example? I'd be very confident, and I'll tell you why. So, so we now know the vaccines are working in the wild because they're now in Israel, they're in Scotland, in America. There was a great study yesterday they vaccinated, I think it's 20 million people in America at the moment, right? Mm. And they've shown scientifically people in nursing homes, there was a 66% drop in the death rate just from vaccinating them. 
So there you have it. You know, there's the evidence that we need. Now, the drug companies will get their evidence from their trials. That's inclined to be a very controlled environment, and it's good. But until you're out in the wild, you don't really know, you know. And now we've evidence in three separate places these vaccines are working. Now, what that will mean immediately, the death rate falls, the level of people in hospitals goes down, the ICU admissions all begin to plummet. When we get to May, and here you can you can, you can come back and see if I'm right on this one, Danny. As well. When we get to May, the death rate will be a lot lower in Ireland, but more importantly, less people in hospital. And never forget, Ireland's done very well, actually. We are fifth in the world for keeping our death rate low. People forget this fact, you know. Mm. The UK had twice the death rate that we had. So we, we protected our people better than other countries. So in other words, we were already doing a reasonable job. But then we met, when you get to May, June, what are the government going to do? If I say to Michal Martin, look, Michal, there's nobody in hospital with this disease. You know? uh, there's less people getting sick. And what are you going to do now for me? You know, Now, he will have to begin to reopen because the harm, as we all know, that's been done through lockdown is severe. You know, mm. economic problems, mental health issues, kids out of school. That's very damaging. So you can't justify that if this virus has got less dangerous. You know, So you've got to begin to reopen. And then gradually, now, we have to do it slowly. Because there's still people not vaccinated. There's still a risk of people getting sick and dying from this virus. And then, as you said, everybody need the long COVID. That is a serious problem. Like if one in three get that and they're young people and they've symptoms three, six months out, we've got to be careful, haven't we? So yeah. that period will go on for three, six, nine months. We get, we get to the autumn. Our next worry becomes going back indoors again. It's a seasonal virus. We saw what happened in December. I mean, if you need, if you need a lesson, there you have it. So again, we've got to make sure the counts are right down. The vaccine level is up to 80% is a great goal. And then you can imagine a reasonably normal Christmas. If that is a success, we get to January, February, we have to reopen everything then. So you've got to be really optimistic towards next March. Definitely, I'd be very sort of hopeful that things will be, you know, not quite normal, but certainly living, we'll be living our lives almost to the full again is the way to think of it. Now, where, where are the risks in this? Let, let's be upfront as well. The risks are these new variants. If new strains emerge, and if they're more troublesome and they, the vaccine doesn't work on those, that pushes out the timeline. Now, you can make new vaccines to deal with those. Of course, you can, you know, but it might mean more restrictions here and there because now a new virus is on the block and, and that, that mm. might be beating people up, you know. So, again, that's one concern that we have. But the good news is we're keeping a very close eye on that. Um, the last thing, there's two things that are going to come back at, in the end. One is big music festivals. Let's start with that, right? Now, I can't see that for a good year or more. You, you may yeah. have a th people might be allowed. But the second one is the travel issue, because that's a risk of bringing the virus back in. So the price we'll pay for having a normal Ireland, if you will, will be travel restrictions. And I think that's a price worth paying. You, you might have an open Europe. There might be a green zone for all of Europe together traveling. That, that's the next thing that we'd go for there, I suppose. But these are some of the unknowns that we don't know about. And we've got to keep a very close eye on those. Yeah, yeah. And, and I think that's... Look, I'd be inclined to agree with you. If you told me, look, it'll be three years before you can hop in an airplane and go abroad again, but, you know, you can travel around Ireland safely and freely all you want with, with yeah. no hassle and no worries and, you know, your parents won't get sick or anything like that, yeah. then, yeah, 100%. I'd, I'd, I'd snap your arm off for that right now, to be honest with you. Exactly. Um, how was how the reaction being to, to you, Luke? Because, like, again, like you said, drama Pat twice a week, kind of, you, you've, you've released a book in the middle of all of this. Yeah. How, how have people reacted to you? Well, um, my biggest thing I'm most proud of, Danny, had uh, been slagged off by uh, comedians like Callan's Kicks and uh, <laughs> even Dustin slagged me off. Great, you know. My, Do you know you've made it when Dustin's giving you golf. No, my yeah. my Callan's Kicks one. His was uh, Jay's is the only show he has on as the Angelus. 
So I've decided I'm going to volunteer. I'm going to be in my lab for the Angelus. Yes, I suppose it's it's been a striking business is the answer that in a sense. I mean, yeah. as I said earlier, I'm very happy to do it. But uh, I mean, you know, I guess I, I try to be, you know, give people a bit of hope is my main mission in a sense. Like when I'm on the media, I'm not talking to a scientific audience. I, you know, mm-hmm. talk to people and say, look, this is where we, this is where we are. I'm not going to sugarcoat it either. By the way, I will tell you that. The t- but I mean, I was a bit disappointed Andy. before Christmas. I was warning people to keep the ventilation up, and I got I got slagged off for that. Now I was on Claire Byrne. And I said, put granny in the window as it's kind of a joke. Yeah. Of the grannies, <laughs> but I was actually kind of quite serious because, and look what happened. I mean, so, so you do your best and try to get the message out as best you can. I guess. And then the book was a strange one because I wrote that before COVID, you know, uh, that, 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 that was finished yeah. last January. And then that came out in the middle of this as well. <laughs> it's to me though, Danny, it, it sold a lot of copies. <laughs> <laughs> Well, look, that's that's the name of the game when you're writing a book. Um, and yeah. you, you had an instant day. Saying as, yourself, as well as that though, Go on, Meryl, go on. Mary, I see, as well as that, I seen, I did see, um, I seen you on a Facebook video, you were doorstepped, I think oh, yeah. coming out of News Talk. Um, does that happen often? Like, I mean, that he was asking questions, but I felt, yeah. I felt he was kind of being cynical and I felt that he was being confrontational if you weren't giving him the right, what he wanted to hear. For example, he confronted you about um, you sold a business, does it? Yeah. That was that's in the public domain. And when yeah. you said, "Oh, sure, that's in the public domain," it, he kind of he kind of took him. He took yeah. a step back almost. Like what? Like what was say that experience? What was yeah. that experience like? And yeah, you were well, very polite to him. Like, well, that was a surprise. Let's put it that way. I mean, I came out and there he was, a camera in my face. I think, what am I going to do now? So I just said I'll talk to him. I had to get back to work. Actually, I'm walking because I had to go back to my lab. You know. So I said, I want like, I, I was thinking about stopping and saying, would you leave me alone kind of thing, you know? Mm. And then he said, um, well, I said, first of all, why are you filming me? I think I said, and he said, oh, yeah, because that's right. record, we want to get a record of this. And I said, I don't like being filmed. I said that to him, you know? And he said, well, you haven't been answering my emails. And honestly, God, I hadn't seen the emails, you know? He said, so therefore I want to ask you a few questions. I said, well, fair enough. If you did email me and didn't respond, that's a, that's a shame. And, and then I said, best to answer the questions. So it's on record now, you know? Now, the things he asked me, Mara, were coming up a lot anyway on social media. Oh, you're paid by a drug company. That was one. Yeah. Number two was, um, you're, you're very a big vaccine advocate and that's harming people. It's unacceptable, you know? The third category of people are what I call general nastiness, like you're a prick type stuff, you know? Um, <laughs> But I decided to just address the questions, and there it was. And I said, look, I said, it is true. I've worked for drug companies, of course. It's all in the public domain. And, and I, I was able to answer him. He said, will you benefit financially from a vaccine? I said, no, I have no shares in these companies. How am I, That's true. You know, so I was quite happy to answer those questions. In a sense. So for me, in the end, Mara, mm. was good because it's on, it's, on, it's on record. People can look at that video if they want, and, and those questions are there to be seen, really. I guess it was the way he did it was a bit unnerving, maybe. But uh, but I, I didn't mind answering the questions. Not nothing to, to hide Has that, the, I, I, Does that happen? Has that happened commonly in the last 12 months? I, I get the odd person in the street shouting at me, you know, saying, my favourite was, you're a, you're a commie. <laughs> that was one thing I shouted at me. Really. <laughs> we'll be right back to our guest. But first, we got to take a quick word from our good friends at Manscaped got good news they've just launched their peak hygiene plan now this is a little membership portal lads and allows you to mix and match all your favorite manscaped products and i'm telling you you want to get in on this because it's going to give you the most hygienic testes in town your town halls are going to be superb with this package all right so what it allows you to do is to tweak and select all the products that you want 
They get shipped to your door directly, hassle-free. You can build a combo any way you want. So you can get a little bit of ball deodorant, a little bit of foot spray, some ball wipes. It allows you to do all of that and your membership price will stay the same. You even get a free gift sent to you every month. This month, the free gift is foot dust or foot deodorant. Massively important. Nothing worse than coming home from a long day, cracking off the air jordan, the smell rises up, hits you in the face, your eyes start to water, the paint starts to peel, your neighbour has to open a window, the dog has ran away from you, your missus is shouting at you, what is wrong with you, did something die in your shoe? None of that will happen when you use this stuff, right? And you get it for free when you subscribe this month. Peak hygiene plan from Manscaped. Head on over, manscaped.com. Use the code WTSPOD. You'll get 20% off and free shipping. Now, back to our guest. Um, no, 99% positive, Marrow. I mean, you oh, would not believe the number, of, the number of cards and gifts have come to me is incredible. Little old lady sent me a lovely piece of lace work to thank me for keeping her happy during lockdown. A primary school in Donegal. They all signed this massive card and drew little diagrams. I mean, it's been very touching the, 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 the positivity that's come out. You know? And in life, you get kicked, don't you? You can't do much about it. You know? I mean, a friend of mine said, if you're going to play rugby, you're going to get hit. You know, so uh, yeah. as long as they don't thump me. I, I was, I, was um, I think it was Danny. Um, I, I was assaulted on Grafton Street, that kind of. A guy pulled me back by the collar. That unnerved me. You know, I thought, jeez. You know, so it's, it's, yeah. it's not... It's not um, it's not the best thing, but but as I say, it doesn't bother me in the least. And in fact, all that stuff, I mean, social media is a malign place to be, remember? I mean, everybody knows this. Now, I block it all. I don't see any of the negative stuff because I haven't got time to read it. You know, it's, it's, uh, yeah. There's no need to look at it, you know, so it doesn't, it doesn't bother me in the but least. Really. As well as that, though, I think, like, in the last 12 months, I mean, I think it's fair to say the likes of your you and your profession and even Neffet, like, they don't, in my opinion... None of you want to be on TV for the reasons no. that you're on TV. No. You know, you're delivering bad news all the time. You're bound to get critics. You're bound to, like, oh, this lad loves fucking being on Pat Kenny. This lad loves being on yeah. the Late Late Show. Like, I'm sure there's an element of it. You like it because you're giving valuable information. But at the same time, it's people are dying. People are getting infected. You don't want to be doing it. Well, well, I got a letter, a handwritten written letter to me, actually, and I opened it and read it. And again, it's very abusive now, but I won't give you the uh, the rather uh, fruity words that we use. But <laughs> yes, was, you're always on the F and telly. Why is that? Please answer me, because you're always on, because you want to publicize yourself, don't you? Why are you always on RTE? Now, I decided, with the mood I was in, he left his uh, email address. So I, I replied to him. I said, Lovely. I said, why, what, you've asked me, why am I always on RTE? You better ask them, because they're asking me to go on. <laughs> <laughs> and then he didn't reply. So that's true. Yeah. I don't um, ask for any of this at all. They're asking me all the time. You know? yeah. and, and to be honest, I'm turning down at least 50. Like today, for example, drive time we're on. Uh, Claire Byrne, her show was on, right? And I had to say no to the two of them, because I'm very busy today, you see. So, so it's more me saying no than, uh, than saying yes most oh. of the time. And then I, I, mind you, I wouldn't do it, Mario. If I felt I was a negative influence on this, if I felt I was, you know, putting people off or they were annoyed by my, I mean, one, one reason not to do it is that if they hear the same voice all the time, they stop listening, you know. Mm. So it's, I'd stop doing it if it was counterproductive. Let's put it that way, you know. So and it is right. up to the TV companies, and and and, and I, I presume they're asking me because they feel I'm able to do it, and 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 they're getting what they want out of me, I suppose. Uh, so I'll, I'll keep doing it as long as they ask me, as long as I have time to do it, you know. 
Well, that's Absolutely. what we'll, we, we consider ourselves. Look, if you're turning down drive time and co, uh, and yeah. you're speaking to little old Danny and Mero, we'll, we'll, definitely, we'll definitely take that anyway. <laughs> Luke, but before we let you go, we, we did, we, we put it out on social media and a couple of people, we said, look, if, if you have any genuine questions or whatever, yeah. so do you mind if you just put a couple of them here before yeah. we let you go uh, and then uh, hopefully yeah. you, you can get your Friday evening kicked off. Um, so, the, the, oh, Jesus, I was going to say, the first question should be nice and easy, but it's really not. Uh, is Nefe fit for purpose, or what is its purpose? Well, it's a, that's a great quote. I'll ask in that in a sense. Well, they're doing their job. Let's start with that, right? Mm-hmm. Their job is to keep people alive and to stop people getting sick in hospital, bottom line, okay? And they'll do everything in their power to stop people dying and stop people ending up as being sick. Now, the trouble is, of course, there's another voice in the room, and that has to be people who've lost their jobs or economic destruction and all those other aspects of this. That's the government's job, remember. So Neffet's only job is to advise the government. The government can ignore them if they want. They can weigh up the different threats. It's a very complicated thing, remember. I mean, Neffet had their way. We'd all be locked up for three months, probably, and then nobody's going to die. You know? so, <laughs> that's unrealistic. So, so I think I, I never knock Neffet, actually. I think they're doing, they're doing the job they're asked to do, basically, right? And, and it's up to the government. And the government can... There may be one, one criticism might be there should be other people on it to counterbalance it, maybe. The yeah. government certainly need more than one voice advising them. That's really important. And if Neffet state their position, they're all doctors, remember. They don't want people dying, you know. So, so I'm, I'm never that critical of them, actually, overall. Cool stuff. Um, would Luke recommend pregnant women to get the vaccine? I would, absolutely. It's a very serious and important question. I get asked that a lot. In fact, this week on Pat Kenny, we did that specifically. So many people asked me that. It's a worry for pregnant women, of course it is, and people trying to get pregnant as well. Because, And remember, there is no evidence at all that these vaccines affect pregnant women or stop you being uh, get fertility and all those issues. These are very safe, basically, and that's the bottom line on this one. So I wouldn't worry about that at all. Well, so um, then the next one up here, sorry, this goes over two uh, boxes, so I'm just trying to get the first one. Um, I think you kind of answered this earlier on, actually. Uh, what is the difference between the vaccines use an mRNA and one yeah. that uses a weakened form of the virus. Does, yeah. does it ultimately matter? No, it doesn't. But again, what was going on there early on was we didn't get vaccines for malaria, you know, it's quite a lot of effort, or HIV, AIDS. We never got a vaccine for the common cold, you see. So what they decided to do, let's try something new, you know. So the RNA was a brand new approach. Let's give it a go and just see how it goes. And look what's happened. Gangbusters there, you know. Yeah. The inactivated virus, that's more old-fashioned technology. Now, a couple of companies tried that, and, and it seems to work as well. And what they did was they took the old-fashioned inactivated virus, and they added in a couple of what are called adjuvants, and they're immune stimulants. And that's really worked. And the vaccine that might save us, Danny, is, is a French one. People haven't heard of it yet. It's called uh, Valneva, right? They've got a very powerful whole inactivated virus. That will beat any variant. Watch. And, and, and we're going to hear from that trial in about, say, let's say maybe September, October time. So that's the more traditional approach. But we're going to end up with a, an embarrassment of riches when it comes to vaccines. There'll be so many out there. Hence my confidence that this vaccine will get rid of this virus once and for all, you know? Yeah, yeah, good stuff. Um, Lovely. Then not, not, not a question, but just tell Luke, thank you, and we love him. Uh, <laughs> then, then somebody, STFU, I love him, the pandemic rock star. There's actually two people who've called you a <laughs> pandemic rock star now. Is the vaccine rollout slow purely down to supply and demand, or is there something more about it? Yeah, no, it, I th- well, again, there's a couple of things I'd say there. It, it, it is slow because we, we're depending on supply first and foremost, right? They might have been a bit punchier, though, and done deals actually. So Denmark decided to do a deal and get more vaccine in. I'd like, I wish, I wish mm. we'd done that. 
And that wasn't against the EU. Now, com- countries in the EU can do that. But I would say this, if we weren't in the EU, we may have no vaccine here because they wouldn't have done deals with small countries, you know? Yeah. These are big businesses. They do a big deal with the UK. There's a big market there. We'd be we'd be well down the list here. Thankfully, we're in the EU. We get our divvy down. The EU didn't negotiate for us, you see. So that's a good move, the fact that we're in the EU, you see. But I think on balance, we could be a bit sharper there. Now, they did announce this week that the Taoiseach uh, is on record now by June. He said 80% vaccination. That's been pushed back from September. So he knows now this is mission one, you know. Yeah. No doubt we'll get there. So in other words, it has been slightly slow, but we're going to get there in the end. How come uh, we didn't buy any outside the framework, Luke? That's a great question. I don't know. They've been in my only criticism of the government overall. They've been a bit cautious here and there. They they could have taken. Now again, you might have said it would have cost a bit of money, and some of those vaccines were less proven, maybe. But I would have been aggressive and gone in there and got some. You know, the mask issue was another one that got me because they could have been quicker at recommending masks, but they took their time. You know, so mm. I think I think it's risk aversion might be might be one reason. It's just, um, it just seems like sometimes that there's, uh, especially with the vaccination program, that it lacks ambition and there's no yeah. urgency. And like, as as like we're in a world emergency, yeah. you know yeah. what I mean? Um, and like, would there be, because we've had a, an Irish journalist living in Moscow on and we spoke about the Sputnik vaccine. Yeah. yeah. Like, w- what would be the concern there? Would it be completely bureaucracy in terms of not purchasing any Sputnik? It's all about taking a risk, really. All, all, everything we're talking about in truth is risk-taking and what Neffet recommends and so on. Sputnik was a funny one because they didn't do a, what's called a phase three trial. They launched it after phase two into their army, by the way, because those guys couldn't say no, I presume. So they, they, they took the vaccine. Um, and that made us slightly anxious because this wasn't tested fully, you see. So, And remember, we have to be cautious with vaccines for all the reasons we've been discussing in a way. So, of course, in retrospect, that's a gangbusters vaccine. I'll tell you one thing. It works brilliant. So they got away with it in a way is the way to think of it. You know, so at the time I would I wouldn't have been going for that vaccine until I'd seen the, the phase three data just in case, you know. But but they won. I mean, that Sputnik V is a 90 percent efficacious vaccine as well. I think what Denmark did was Denmark went to Pfizer directly. And in fact, Israel is the best example. Israel back in November, the prime minister himself went to do the deal. Right. And he went to the CEO of Pfizer, how much do you need? He says, right. And they, and they paid a twofold premium now on each dose. Now, would the Irish have done that? I don't know. You know, it, it is a bit, it's a bit, what's the word? Uh, you know, it's a bit like Arthur Daly, Del Boy territory in a way. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. Prob, prob, problem with the Israeli stuff as well is that they're not vaccinating uh, Palestinians. So. Well, exactly. That's the big one. Now, they are, they, they have, I agree with you 100% on that one. They are now. I mean, they're saying they are anyway. They've mm. given vaccine to Gaza. Uh, what I yeah. didn't like there was there at one stage last week we will give you a vaccine if you release the prisoners. This kind of nonsense. Yeah, nonsense. Yeah. Very um, yeah. We we did have a question on Sputnik, which you've, you've you've just answered in terms of people asking about the efficacy and if it was safe. And then the last one we'll ask you, Luke. Then um, it, it keeps being called COVID now, but it's a coronavirus. Will the vaccine work that is being done now work on other coronaviruses or potential future coronaviruses, which may be as deadly? Yeah, well, the, the good news now is if there's another one, and that's all the thing we, we do wonder about that. And um, many scientists are specifically working on that now, just in case we get another damn thing coming up, you know? Yeah. So what we've learned from this, we can deploy vaccines rapido. So if, if a new virus jumped into a human now from a bat, uh, within two months, we'd have a vaccine. Isn't that wow. That, yeah, well, that, that's encouraging. That's, yeah. <laughs> wow. Jesus, that's amazing. And what you do, you, you don't vaccinate us, you vaccinate everybody around Wuhan next time. <laughs> <laughs> but that's not spreading. It's all about stopping the thing spreading. So 
And then the other thing they're doing, which is really exciting in my view as well, they're trying to get it. The other way to stop this virus, by the way, is to give someone a pill that will kill the virus, an antiviral drug. Now, remember, that's how we deal with AIDS. There's no vaccine for AIDS, and yet we can control that disease with a, an antiviral. And the same with hepatitis C, by the way, that's an antiviral. You know, They're making one now for every coronavirus. So if there was another wow. coronavirus came out, we could have a small drug to take that will stop it. You know, you can imagine the amount of work that's gone into this now is tremendous in many ways because of what's happened. I mean, never, never forget this bottom line. This is the worst pandemic in human history. Now, the reason why we say that is not because of the death toll. A lot more, a lot more people died of flu. This mm. has disrupted the earth. Like, you know, the world economy has been badly hit, you know. So, again, you can imagine in, in the minds of scientists, let's make sure this doesn't happen again anytime soon because of the damaging effect of this. And that's what they're working towards. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, look, so science wins every time. So uh, more power to it. Luke, it's uh it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much for being so generous with your time. Really appreciate it. Um, your book, Never Mind the Bollocks, Here's the Science, is out now. So if people haven't picked up a copy, they definitely should. Good, man. Um, but, but Luke, Luke, can th- I thank ask you. you one more question? You can, of course. He always does this. He always does this. I always do this, I guess. <laughs> I, I always do this. Sorry, apologies. Are, are we far away from uh, a universal vaccine that can just stop everything? <laughs> no, not either. See, each virus is different, remember. So... Uh, and I, I tell you one thing, like coronaviruses are, are very, very different to flu. It's like as if you're comparing apples and oranges kind of territory, you know. So right. each pathogen needs its own vaccine. But on the other hand, you can use the technology now. You see, and we've invented we've invented the machine, if you like, that can make any vaccine. That's the way to think of it now, you know. So, so we're optimistic. But oh. no, there's optimism as well, definitely, Mark, because um, and, and I want to see HIV, malaria go next. See, malaria is still killing two million people a year, remember? So we forget these Jesus. things. Yeah. But, so that we ramp it up now. I, I mean, one thing I'm very optimistic about is new vaccines for other things. It may take two, three, four or five years. But, but that's something to think about now, that the COVID nightmare, it's not just about COVID. It will help us with other diseases as well. And, and, and that's a serious proposition, really. And, and, and are people in your industry, like, um, because, you know the way you were saying, uh, you use the... Uh, analogy of uh, if you got a thousand painters it'll be done in yeah. an hour so yeah is is the science world buzzing in the in respect that the governments are just giving you an open checkbook for the time being yeah. and will they be more will they be less neg- negligent on the industry going forward I think they will. Yeah, I mean, there is a lot more money's coming in. Definitely, we we got a grant from the Irish government for our COVID centre, for instance. They gave us three and a half million, and we got fifteen people working on COVID now in our in, our, in, in Trinity at the moment. So, and that was extra cash. And then we got money off philanthropy. There's people donating money more and more to science, which is great. You know, now Bill oh, Gates yes. have years. You know, so uh, no, I think I think what's happened now is it's sort of a. Uh, energized people is the word you might say to make sure there's sufficient resources for this the analogy i use is you know we, you know america spent billions every year on weapons because they were frightened of being attacked by the russians mm. how about being frightened of a virus how about that you know yeah exactly yeah you know, and all those all those atom bombs were never set off it was a complete waste of yeah. money and that money might come out as something useful in the end you know? a couple of years ago we spoke to a guy called colonel randall larson who works in the center for disease control in the states and he said to us on the podcast that you know, the amount of money that was spent on weapons and everything else, he's not worried about. What he was worried about was another flu pandemic. Exactly. He wasn't too far off the money, you know. Exactly. Um, the stupid thing was, Danny, they decreased the funding for the CDC over the years, you know. That's it. That's it. Yeah. You know. Um, but Luke, again, th- thank you so much for your time. Uh, yeah, Mero, brilliant. No more questions from Mero. So. 
Yeah. And Sorry, I'm a good child. I'm going to plug my podcast. Tune in to the show science podcast on News Talk and, and subscribe. You, you'll get a bit of a laugh as well. I try to I try to make I, it a bit bit uh, a bit light as well as a bit informative. You know. So uh, yeah, it's brilliant. I listen to it. It's brilliant. Good yeah, man. Uh, Thanks for absolutely, Luke. Thanks so much, man. Have a great weekend. Oh man, I, I feel better after that chat. Yeah, I was a bit. I, I was like a child. That I haven't done that in a while, where I just have more questions. But you could talk to him every day, like you were saying. Yeah. He makes um, he makes uh, science. I'm going to say accessible. Yeah, I'd agree with you. He does. He puts it in a way that it's not all the big technical jargon. He like exactly like his analogy of the the painters and the gaff. That's something anyone can understand. Um, when did you? When do you think people stopped? Um, when do you think people stop believing in science and start believing in Facebook posts by some random lad called Drago sitting <laughs> in Amanda's basement in fucking Colorado? See, oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. I think that's that's a that's a whole other battle. That one. I think people. I, I think sometimes people are suspicious of science, and and that's good. Suspicion is healthy because when you question things, you get answers, and if your questions are legitimate and your questions are reasoned, there should be a legitimate and reasoned answer to it. Mm. But but the problem is there's people out there who they, they always want to feel that they know more or they always want to feel that they're, what, what, what we're being told is it, it's nonsense for whatever reason, be it lizard people control the earth or there's some higher group of people, the Illuminati or whatever, and we're all under mind control drugs and all this kind of fucking stuff. Like Queen Elizabeth's um, a lizard. Yeah, yeah, all that kind of stuff, you know? And I think then the people who are curious and have genuine questions get sucked in by something that sounds believable and then they go down a rabbit hole and you know and from there then it just spirals and spirals and spirals because people look for confirmation bias if you if you believe something you then go and you look for something to tell you what you believe is right what you believe is true it's it's hard sometimes to tell yourself i'm wrong here yeah you know? absolutely yeah um and and science yeah, look, it is. It's one of them that it's it's based on proof. It's based on evidence. So it's going to tell you you're wrong an awful lot. It's told me I'm wrong plenty of times. Like you know like I mean? Luke said, it's all about the data. And that's uh, it, man. I thought that was a brilliant chat. Anyways, Dan, that's it. Yeah, we we recorded on a Friday, so we need to get our Friday evening rocking. That's it, man. That's it. Uh, if people want to listen to any of the previous podcast episodes we've put out there, of course they can do so by checking out WTS Pod on Spotify, on Stitcher, on Podbean, Podcast Republic, Podcast Addict, Apple Podcasts, anywhere the word podcast appears. If you put the letters WTS pod beside it, you'll get me and Mero talking to you for 200 and whatever episodes I said at the start. Um, and you can check out WTSpod.com as well. Uh, social media, I'm at Dan John Murray. He's at American Mania. Luke O'Neill no. is at LA O'Neill 111. Manscaped is at manscaped.com. Yeah, don't forget, go over to their website, pod. Again, WTS pod. It's like the magic code that you need for everything. You just pop that into their website, you get 20% off and free shipping. Your, t- your town halls will be looking beautiful. <laughs> Until next time. Clear eyes. Full hearts. Can't lose. Too sweet.